uh, back after a long hiatus involving a baby and school. Uh, it's been like a year. Yes, in the interim. Yeah, John yeah. had a John and his wife, I should say, had a baby, and I had the baby. That Thank said, you baby is now a little over a year old. Yeah, fourteen and, months. And I moved to the UK. Um, where mm-hmm. I, I moved to Cambridge and then I just moved to Scotland, Scotland, uh, which is, uh, unlike Cambridge is a country. It's not a city. Uh, and then I also was working on my master's degree and, uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been a busy year it's for been, yeah. us. Oh, there's also the whole thing about like, uh, I don't know, a virus and then no, death hornets. And, hasn't happened. No, eh, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 right. But, uh, you know, it is really funny back before there was all that stuff. Um, we did go to Cambridge just for fun. It was actually back in 2016. So that's a while ago, but I love that when you go to Buckingham palace, you know, outside the gates, they have like the, uh, statues for all the like children of Britain. There's one for Australia, one for Canada. I really was sad that there wasn't one for America that they just covered with like black drapes. Like, <laughs> like, uh, wayward childs we don't talk about well i mean <laughs> we're kind we're too loud for them to we're, ignore us or pretend yeah but rather than that uh because it has been a year we should probably reestablish like our purpose and mission statement and stuff like write out our whole like um you know branding guidelines and everything so uh we are stinklings a podcast about literature writing and in particular fantasy literature uh and just fantasy the genre actually based of course off of J.R.R. tolkien and c.s lewis and that group of friends who had their writing group called the inklings who uh wrote out of what was the name of the pub the eagle and the child something something like that yeah yeah in oxford uh and you know they would like read a madrim kittrick ross poems and they'd have a game to see how far they could read before like one of them cracked up and died of laughter and um we kind of in the spirit of that wanted to like talk you know fantasy talk about it and read our own bad writing and the bad writing of other people uh because i think just like good fantasy bad fantasy is also a genre of literature worthy of study and um but we want to keep it like nice and friendly. So we're starting reading our own bad fantasy uh, coming off the heels of our uh, earlier attempt at this podcast where we read through a fantasy story. I began writing at age 12. Um, John was and, a devoted yeah. to- Tolkien fan. Yeah. And you also see traces of like Robert Jordan in there, but mostly you see traces of the age of 12 is the most dominant feature in that and uh we yeah so that's kind of what we do um and that let big fantasy news guys big fantasy news um you might even call it uh like of all the fantasy that has ever been you have like more recent and then later fantasy and the news here is kind of in the final fantasy yes the one of many you might say yeah, the uh, Final Fantasy, the 16th Final Fantasy trailer dropped, uh, which is going to date this like milk, I'm sure. And that was kind of what actually got us to be like, oh, man, we need to start recording again because this is big stuff. Yeah. So, so John, if, you've ever, if you were listening to our, um, our readings of Adzel, John has a bit of a background in the kind of uh, fantasy that this particular Final Fantasy seems to 
be leaning so, towards. Yeah, okay, so I'm watching the trailer and I, I'm seeing a lot of people who are really, really excited that it's going back to the high fantasy roots of Final Fantasy. And I'm like, okay, I, high fantasy is hard to do, right? Because um, you run the risk of either retreading very, very familiar ground and it's sort of like... Is there a spin on this that makes it not like every other high fantasy thing we've done? Because I'm watching the trailer. The story seems to be pretty straightforward. Um, I guess it's cool that there's two fire icons, um, which shouldn't be. But like, it, it didn't strike me as a terribly original story. What struck me as different from all the other high fantasy Final Fantasy games is the quantity of blood, guts, and, and, and grimdark. It, it kind of looks like its claim is that it's going to be the first grimdark Final Fantasy. Which, honestly, it's not a good look on Final Fantasy. I don't think Final Fantasy, I mean, it's done dark stuff before. I mean, I know in Final Fantasy VI, they literally end the world partway through the game, and you have to, like, save your companions from mind slavery, which is pretty intense. uh, Seven has genocide and all kinds of fun stuff like that. And uh, nobody knows what Ten has, honestly, but it's pretty dark. Well, all we know is that it's Titus's story. Titus's story! And we're not part of it. And he's the star Blitzball player of the Xanarkand Apes. Blitzball! I have watched that Spoonie review so many times. Oh. Um, but yeah, the thing that right, what immediately struck me, it's like, it's, a, it's like Final Fantasy... But it's trying so hard to be either Berserk or mostly just Berserk. <laughs> Maybe mostly Game berserk. of Thrones, but it can't be Game of Thrones, so it's Berserk. And I I liked the character design for like a young princely fellow in the red. That was nice. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, where they like reveal the main character's face and I'm like, oh, it's it's Noctis slash squall yeah it's like i haven't even played that game and i i know this looks exactly like that other dude from that other than final fantasy 15 you know i i actually thought for a second like oh is this a cameo for is is this like alternate au noctis like what what's this what's going on and they act like it's this big reveal like we're supposed to know who that is and i'm like i i really don't or here's the evil king guy you look just like every other evil king, you've got the little beard and you've got the the clothes and what makes any of this distinct or unique from any other high fantasy story? Except for the fact that you get to have blood painted on someone's face. That was pretty fun. Take, again, Final Fantasy VI, the villain was a clown man. I like the clown man. I, I liked how in, uh, which to be fair, in fifteen the villain's kind of a bit of a clown also. But I loved how in 15 it had this unique flavor where it kind of felt almost like Studio Ghibli-esque where you're like going through um, the, uh, the these cool like Venetian style towns. I love the road trip vibe. I loved going around and like finding new recipes, uh, making Ignis cook me all kinds of food. <laughs> Forcing and- Ignis to cook everything. Yeah, and and just driving around and like kind of bullying everyone. I liked the photo contests they had of our boy band because you could go down to I can't remember the name of like the little like seaside resort they have, and they would have like photo contests. And I loved like trying to at at the end of every day when you camped, trying to find the least flattering photos of everybody, and like having a collage of them, <laughs> and 
It's marvelous and I love it. Anyway, I'm not saying that I won't enjoy 16. I'm gonna keep an open mind. I'm just saying so far from what we've seen in this trailer, it has done very little to make me want to learn more about this story because I kind of feel like I know the story already, but we'll see. To me, it just is trying too hard to be something it just isn't. Like, I will not deny that, like, the last line that is spoken in the trailer, it's something like, I will kill you. I immediately started laughing. <laughs> it's like, okay, there. Someone's got no chill. Um, Big guy over here. He's going to kill everybody. going to kill people. Okay. I also got a bit of a Dark Souls vibe from it. With like the the kinds of enemies you see them fighting, like, I, and I actually would be on board with a a like an actual Final Fantasy that is fully embracing grim dark and and like dark fantasy as its main thing. I think that could be really cool, except it didn't quite fully do that either. It just kind of hinted that that's that's maybe what might happen, and we stuck mostly with high fantasy tropes with the possibility of it going grimdark with how deep we are in the final fantasy games at this point this is final fantasy 16 what is over 20 years of games almost 30 years i think it's over 30 years sorry over 30 years of games and to suddenly go from the general vibe of final fantasy like we all know what the vibe is typically to like suddenly this Like, it's kind of, I guess people used to say that Final Fantasy VIII was meant to be, like, the dark, mature one. And Mm -hmm. then they realized they went too far, and then Final Fantasy IX happened. This is, like, light, fun, high fantasy. And I loved IX as well. See, IX is the high fantasy with kind of, like, the whimsical vibe, and I was just so here for it. It felt like you were in the opera that they're performing at the beginning. Yeah, and that's kind of Final Fantasy's whole vibe, just in general. It was a little whimsical a little silly but it was fun it had some dark moments but it was this final fantasy this one just kind of feels like it's trying to be so many other things but it's trying not to be final fantasy because the creators know what's popular or at least what they think is popular and they're trying to really lean into it which just i don't know again it's only been one trailer so you know what do i know but it's like i'm not too keen (laughs) And the character design, the armor design, the building design, I'm looking at everything and I'm like, I've seen this before in literally every Eurocentric high fantasy ever done before. I, I'm kind of like, this is a this is a, a JRPG, the premier flagship JRPG franchise since, by the way, 1987, which would make it December 18th. It's going to celebrate its 33rd anniversary how's that for making you feel old i'm just looking at it and i don't see a whole lot to make me think ah final fantasy 16 i would rather play that than any other high fantasy game with comparable graphics and production quality you know like what what's the thing to make me want this specific one and that's where i feel like the trailer was a little lacking yeah it it's also like, does it make you want to play it or does it just make you want to go back and play a different Final Fantasy game, you know? It actually made me want to go play Final Fantasy fifteen some more to be like, road trip. All right, boys, pull out your leather. Plus, Ignis provides me with my model vibe and energy that I want to capture in my real life. In a weird way, it does... Okay, it makes me think of the uh, the new Diablo trailer that came out. Like, um, it had this had similar 
Well, I, I would argue far darker, <laughs> grim dark. Well, yeah, it's Diablo. The thing about that is they did it. Well, the trailer was done really well. I really, it was really amazingly done. What yeah. succeeded is like a, it was a really, really excellent trailer, really gorgeously done. Say what you will about Blizzard, they will fully deserve it, but they do amazing trailers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then B, that is Diablo, like. That's their vibe, that they do grimdark. They do dark fantasy. That is what they do. With their own feel to it. Like, you would look at Diablo, and you would never mistake that aesthetic for The Witcher. Exactly, yes. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with branching out into other genres, but it's, it's a tricky balancing act you kind of have to do. You have to... Make it different enough to be interesting, but not so different that it's like jarring and totally alienates the main fan base. Uh, Which is always a bit of a risk because when you do something totally new and different, it's always going to jar some part of the fan base. But you have to make sure you don't jar everybody, you know, and you don't want to try too hard to be, oh, dark, different, we want to be edgy, because... I don't know. Whenever people do that, I immediately think of like the the. F- I, I guess it's over now, but the trend, especially during Game of Thrones um, height of popularity, there were so many fantasy TV series that came out that were meant to be like dark and edgy, like The <laughs> Wizard of Oz, but dark and edgy. I swear that was an actual thing. This is actually a really fertile time to be restarting be restarting this because I'm like, oh my goodness, we've got a Wheel of Time series coming up. We've got Dune, the film, part one. There was a rumor about Amazon doing a Lord of the Rings series a while back, but there hasn't been. Rumor not, fact is. And indeed, they are a certain amount into production, but the Lord of the Rings series... I have questions about, we'll have to get that uh, later, but uh, that's a discussion for another day. So I'm trying to, I'm rewatching this trailer as we're speaking, but I'm, I'm getting to the end here. Oh my gosh, it's Diablo. Sorry, how much it looks like Diablo there. And then listening to that prelude. Okay, yeah, they do kind of like a, a an epic semi-darkened version of the, the classic Final Fantasy prelude. And I'm like, no, just give me my harps. Do, 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 do. I'm so good at that. But who am I kidding? I'll play it. I'll definitely see what what all the hype is about. But uh, so that's that's a thing to think about is Final Fantasy 16. Will you be grimdark? And if so, will you actually be different from every other grimdark and still be Final Fantasy? That is the the tiny landing pad your helicopter has to land in. And then Baldur's Gate 3. Oh my gosh, there's so much we have to talk about, but we're not going to talk about all that today. I'm just saying, I, I will say I'm very pleased that we did talk about it because for the longest time, I really wanted to talk about things other than books with fantasy because I think fantasy spreads out, you know, not just in literature, but in other media now that we live in our year that we live in. Uh, And talking about games, this is a great excuse to start talking about games. Which are pretty sick, if you ask me. And for many of us, it was, these things often go in tandem. You get tabletop RPGs going in line with video games, going in line with books. If if your thing is fantasy, as opposed to gaming specifically, you will probably want to get involved in all the different, like, things the different media of of fantasy so yeah we're uh, I, th- I think that's awesome that we should get into that even some more and so before we get to reading 
if we're good closing this this particular chapter, putting the final parenthesis oh, on this paragraph. Oh, first we have to review the entirety of uh, Shakespeare's Tempest because that counts as fantasy too. So uh, yeah, Shakespeare's Tempest can go um, die. Before we get into reading our <clears throat> content, we uh, I, I did want to share a quote by Dr. Samuelson, who's one of my literature professors, who uh, we were discussing what fantasy is, what makes good fantasy versus bad fantasy. And one thing that came up in our class discussion that kind of stuck with me, and I've brought up with a few other people, and they've also remarked, huh, that definitely is interesting, is this, where asking the class, what is fantasy? Like, what is the genre? And somebody offered this thought, which was, Fantasy is like a distortion of the world that we live in uh, to enable us to talk about the human experience in ways that can't really be done by directly looking at us. It like creates a model, a distortion of our world uh, where we can examine these things. And he sort of paused and he said, okay, I think I agree, but I'm not sure that it isn't our world that isn't the distorted one. So just kind of a thought. Mm, yes. Mm. There's, there's our thought to bear in mind as we uh, enter what we're reading. And, and Lo, uh, what are we reading today? So for the first time on this podcast, I will be, we will be talking about something other than John's not train wreck of a novel. <laughs> it can't be a train wreck if it doesn't have an ending. Well, I mean, train wrecks happen because there are no tracks. I guess that, that is kind of the epitome of a train wreck. Yes, is where there is no ending. So this is something I wrote. This is my story that I started writing when I was 19. I had, oh gosh, looking at this just brings back so many memories uh, because I, much like John, was a huge fantasy fan, but I wanted to do something a bit different. I wanted to do an alternative fantasy that was not Eurocentric. That's so cool. I'm all for that. I also wanted something that was not Tolkien-esque. I wanted it to be... My primary inspirations for it was Final Fantasy IX, <laughs> but cool. also the Myst games. And um, I was thinking about college applications at the time, and this was <laughs> part of it as well. I guess we'll just jump right in. Dive into the pool that is this fiction. Here we go. Naira was tired. So tired that she could barely keep her eyes open and her body wailed for sleep. But there was a meeting tomorrow, and she was expected to attend. And worse, she was expected to speak, which is why she had to study the stupid tome cover to cover in order to prepare. I couldn't say book. It had to be a tome. It was a tome. Why they think they'll use any of this information is beyond me, she thought grimly to herself, turning the page. She couldn't even make the excuse that she couldn't remember anything she read when she was so tired because she had been conditioned from the time she was a small child to observe and retain any information presented to her, whatever the form. <sighs> it's nights like this, she continued to think grimly to herself, that I wish I wasn't so darn gifted. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Laura. Um, I'll just point out. Yeah, well, I don't think I have to point out. That's a sentence. Okay, we all have these, yeah. Um, I wish I was so damn gifted. Oh, don't we all think like? Don't we all think that when we wake up? I do wish that so often, especially I'm when just we're like, pulling an all-nighter studying. Uh, <laughs> I wish 
wish I wasn't. What? I was burdened with terrible purpose. I wish I wasn't so gifted. My problem is that I work too hard. <laughs> I'm just so smart. <laughs> uh, sigh. The lights in her room were starting to dim. It was three hours past midnight, and the lights weren't accustomed to being left on for so long. She looked up at them warily, wondering if she even had the energy to recharge them. Her connection to Pava was always strong, but she had learned from many, many lectures and some painful childhood experiences that trying to draw on Pava when one has no energy was just asking for a disaster. But it's just pulling up the lights, she reasoned, hardly a spark, and still... I st and I still have so much left to read. A small, polite series of knocks sounded from the door, causing Naira to jump. She whirled around, bewildered from her cross-legged position. <laughs> Crack. She's like one of those uh, meditator meditation people who think they can lift themselves in the air. Who in their right mind would be coming around to visit at this hour? Cautiously, she rose from her sitting pillow and shambled over to the door, peering through the little peephole. Seeing who was on the other side, she sighed and opened it. Hello, her twin brother Marksa said pleasantly. Naira bitterly observed that he looked disgustingly chipper for such a late hour. He stepped inside without any invitation from her, as per usual, and looked pointedly at her desk, eyebrow raised. You're up awfully late, he said. Oh, really? I hadn't noticed, she said sarcastically, sitting back down at her place before the desk. So are you. I just woke up, actually. I have a meeting at dawn, which is only a few hours away, just so you're aware. Do you get that? Do we all get that? Okay. Oh, I'm quite aware, thank you, she said, turning back to her book. Is there any reason you decided to stop by besides informing me of the time? Yes. Marxa lowered himself to sit on her bed, gracefully crossing his legs as he settled. I'm your brother, and I love you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. She looked, <clears throat> up, she looked up at him, raising an eyebrow, and... Do I need another reason? Yes, you do. <laughs> You're disturbing me at this time, you'd better. Okay, he sighed. Uh, I also came to tell you that you're wanted at the Magister's in an hour. Naira groaned. Oh, gods, no. Well, better I catch you awake and ready rather than have to wake you up at this godsforsaken hour, right? Marxa said, smiling ruefully. Naira shook her head. It's at this point that I should make a disclaimer they the culture that they're in they're not supposed to believe in gods i'm not sure why i put gods in especially gods forsaken that doesn't make any sense it's the ceremony again isn't it it's always the ceremony he'd never call me for anything else well marxa said placidly we are candidates and it's not just you he would have wrangled me too if i didn't have the gathering I'm struggling with that construction if, if I didn't have the gathering. Yes, I. it's a meeting. He has to go to a meeting. Everybody has to go to meetings in my world, okay? Is that how we... Is, <laughs> it seems like a lot of busy... Um, so, and and is that like kind of how they say I have to go to the meeting is I have the gathering? Yes, I have the gathering. Yes, exactly. It kind of sounds like a condition that you have. I have... Sorry, I have to leave. I have the gathering. I just oh, imagine shoot. like they're going to go play magic for a while. <laughs> Sure, sure. Naira rubbed her eyes. Speaking of which, you should probably get to preparing. Get to preparing for that. Dawn's only mm. a few hours away. We said this literally. <laughs> <to> <laughs> We've observed. They're very. They they know what time it is. Yeah. Probably. Marx said breezily. He rose, offering a hand to his twin. I'll walk you there, even though I have the gathering. Naira looked back down at her book and then closed it with definitive. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, that is pretty definitive. Rising from her seat, she and Marxa exited the room, heading down the long, airy corridor. See, it didn't take you, like, ten pages for her to get out of bed, just two. Just two. Just two. She had a long discussion with her brother about the meetings they have to go to. Yes, that they have. <laughs> the Magister's chambers were not at all that far from Naira's room, but it would take the whole hour just to make the proper preparations. Naira's people strengthened their bond to the mysterious force known as Pava by clothing themselves in specially treated robes and giving a special set of chants and prayers in the morning and evening. Although no longer all that religious, at least as far as worshipping gods was concerned, the belief still persisted that Pava was not just a powerful energy that could be manipulated, but a consciousness and a presence that required praise and appeasement. This was an unusually spiritual viewpoint for the normally scientifically minded Remish, but there were some traditions that had a peculiar logic about them that you didn't dare question, particularly when it came to Pava. Did you get that? You get all that? I do love that you have a note here, delete paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should let everybody know, I absolutely despise exposition. Yes. <laughs> and I, I read this and I'm like, why is this here? <laughs> I am very glad that we have this preserved for our purposes today, however. <laughs> yes. Just so, Okay, so you got the background. I'm sure it made total sense. You now know everything about this world. Well, it made sense. I mean, I... Just, you know, you're right. Delete paragraph. <laughs> Delete paragraph, yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, at any rate, it was a requirement to begin the day with this ceremony before any business was done. And as efficient as always, it was always done literally right before the business in question was conducted. In this case, the magistrate's meeting. Actually, no, that doesn't sound very um, efficient at all. No. Especially <laughs> when it takes hours to prepare. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Uh, but then we find that that's not actually true. They just like to <laughs> complain about it. <laughs> oh, good. Um, they arrived at a heavy stone door decorated simply with carvings of birch trees, not fancying to knock on stone. Naira and Marxa clapped their hands outside the doorway as per tradition, which, I mean, yes, that is a thing you do in some cultures, to be fair, but... The mental image here is pretty fun. Yes, it is. They're just applauding. Like, the magister <laughs> doesn't come out unless there's applause. <laughs> I should also say at this point that at the time, I pictured that literally everything was made of stone. Like, the doors, mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the hallways, their mm -hmm. beds, their, their desks. Beds. Everything their, was made their of... sitting pillow. Everything was made of stone. <laughs> like, I'm not, not even stone. joking. That was how I pictured it at age 19. Come in. Sorry, a muffled voice said from within. A low, quiet hum sounded from the birch carvings, and the door opened. They stepped inside and were almost immediately blinded by the multitude. Of lights hung from the ceiling, beaming far more brightly than was normal for artificial lighting. That's because the paragraph switched in the middle of the sentence. Thought you needed some waking up, Magister Corrin said, chuckling. <laughs> he raised a hand, humming a low note, and the lights dimmed. <sighs> <laughs> That's the low note. <laughs> Was that really necessary, Magister? Marxa groaned, rubbing his water eyes. I'm sorry, my baby's probably napping. I should be quiet. No, but it was terribly funny. Corin leaned back on his sitting pillow, hands over his knees, and gods know I could use one. Muttering under her breath, Naira stumbled to sit on the cushion in front of his desk, one hand still shielding her eyes. Well, 
I'll just get going, Marxa said. Hunched over, still rubbing his eyes, he exited the room. Corin sighed. I suppose it's time we got on with the preparations then. I, Mirden, would you be so kind as to get the robes out? Is that how you pronounce that <laughs> yes, there? Yes, it's I Mirden. You got it right. <clears throat> if Excellent. I were really going full on Latin, it'd be I Mirden. Glaring at him, Naira once again got to her feet and walked over to the cabinet by the window. Opening it, she drew out three lengths of soft, deep purple cloth, one thinner than the two others. And handed them to Corin. She then took out three lengths of blue cloth and closed the cabinet. They both went to the window, and Corin signaled the lights to turn off. They were left gazing out. At a clear, vast sky, full of stars, the light of the two moons, Arcus and Fala, bathed the craggy mountains in a soft no, no. blue-violet light. No, Laura, the light of the, the two moons. Oh, sorry. The light of the, the two moons. Yes, there we go. Corin began to hum, still gazing fixedly ahead as he slowly wrapped the inner length of cloth around his palm and wrist. <laughs> <laughs> Naira followed suit, but silently. When they had come to the end of the cloth, Corin pressed two fingers into the middle of his wrapped palm, closed his eyes, and began to sing. This time, Naira joined him, and their voices blended and echoed around the large stone room. They continued in this fashion for a while, going on to drape the other two lengths of cloth over their shoulders and over their heads, touching their hearts and foreheads in turn as they went on humming and singing. Naira felt a low, warm thrum begin in her chest, going all the way down her arms and legs finally reaching the space between her eyes. It filled her with the feeling that she could never really properly put into words to thrill, inspiration, ecstasy, <laughs> all of them at once. It was a feeling unlike any other, and it was because of this feeling that she, as well as the rest of her people, never complained about taking the hour and a half required to do these rituals. By the time they finished, the moons had almost sunk over the horizon, and the sky was tinted a deep, dreamy blue. Uh, so are they doing drugs, slow? Just tell me. <laughs> I don't know. They're doing like, magic. Anything could have happened in that paragraph. And... <laughs> They're doing ecstasy magic. I don't know. It's quite a complex ritual there. Yeah. <laughs> they just wrap cloth. They just, like, give themselves like tourniquets around their hands and sing for two hours after they had finished they stood there for a minute still as statues gazing out at the slow sunrise then slowly and silently they unwrapped the cloth from around their bodies <laughs> corin <laughs> sorry handed handed his to naira who neatly folded both sets and then placed back in the cabinet. Corin signaled the lights to turn on and they sat back down. Well then, Corin said briskly, <laughs> let's begin. Shall let's we? Let's not talk about this ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing. Okay. That's never again. Naira sighed. Sir, with all due respect, I feel that we have gone over everything. Not everything, I'm afraid, Corin said, giving her sharp, albeit slightly amused look. Slightly amused look. There is still much to be done, particularly on your part. Besides, this will be nothing compared. To what you will go through when you are officially initiated into the candidacy. I might remind you that there are some and others being initiated, all of whom are at least as gifted as you are. And far more hardworking. Oh. <laughs> I work hard, Naira said indignantly. 
Corin raised an eyebrow. I just stayed up all night to study for the gathering today, <laughs> Naira said. But before that, I was over at the arenas all the day arenas. with the other candidates doing the trials. I stayed up all night. Oh, I have no doubt that you work hard when push comes to shove, Corin said. But before that, Naira, on all your other work on what I assigned you... <laughs> This guy's like abusive. <laughs> he's he basically is just she she's she's a PhD student and he's her advisor. <clears throat> I guess you did well enough on the things you had to do, but what are the things you didn't have to do <laughs> that I wanted to you do? to do? Naira pursed her lips. I thought you said I did good work. Yes, good work, but nothing near what I know you are capable of. I've heard in. He fixed Naira with a hard, steady gaze. She tried to avoid his eye, but couldn't. You are gifted. There's no doubt about that. One of the most gifted students I've taken on. But honestly, it's amazing. You even earned the candidacy. And you know it. Oh! 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 <laughs> he then reached into his <laughs> satchel and pulled out a knife and then began to plunge it into her neck. I while she, he called the dogs to come and eat her corpse. <laughs> I think I was channeling some feelings about just starting college at the time. Uh, um. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, anyway. He then saw old Tom's dead head on the ground, <laughs> surrounded by flies. And then he wept. <laughs> and then he wept. <laughs> Uh, you bet you doomed us all with your inadequacy. <laughs> no, okay. The whole kingdom will blame you now. <laughs> Everybody, and it's all your fault. All right. And then oh, there was but... that gender reveal party. <laughs> Nyra stared at him. Magister Corin had always been very frank, but never like this. Okay, so he's. <laughs> I should hope not. <laughs> she looked down at her hands, clenched tightly over her knees. Corin looked down at the papers on his desk. Let's just begin, he said warily. <laughs> now this week, there's a dispute in Rata's province that you need to look over. I love how after all that, he's still like, I guess we'll actually get working now. Four hours later, Naira shambled back. She does a lot of shambling. Shambled back to Apparently. her room, arms loaded with manuscripts and records. The sun was officially out now, shining its merry morning light on her as she did her shambling. Oh, she stopped for a minute, looking out the window at the mountain range she and her teacher had been gazing during the ritual. They gazed it. <laughs> they gazed it hard. Yeah. As they were tripping on their ritual. <laughs> with their cloth. Um, <laughs> then they put the cloth away, but not before they wrapped it over their arms and touched. <clears throat> Her head ached. I wish I could have that feeling back, she thought. Whatever it is I feel with the ritual. <laughs> she, whatever it is I feel with the ritual. She looked down at the paper she held. I wish I felt that way with all this. You know, drugs are the answer. <laughs> drugs are always the answer, yes. See, this is starting to turn into like a really dark commentary on like, college stress yes, isn't it though? stealing herself she dragged her weary body all the way back to her room dumped the papers on her desk and glanced at the timekeeper on her desk it marked the time as being eight hours past midnight on her desk on her desk i don't know why i couldn't just say clock it had to be the timekeeper the timekeeper on her desk so she thought wait eight hours past mid. oh why didn't i just say eight in the morning i don't know <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, it's 17 hours past midnight. <laughs> so, she thought, another two hours before that gathering. Which is 10 hours past midnight. I <laughs> they have a very strange idea about what efficient means in this culture. <laughs> <laughs> They do mm. two-hour rituals before, right before important <laughs> meetings. <laughs> before your advice, thesis advisor smacks you with a book, <laughs> and kicks you, and like starts clubbing you. <clears throat> so she thought, another two hours before that gathering, I could get another few minutes reading in, and then maybe get an hour's worth of sleep. <clears throat> she sat down at the desk, opened the book, and stared down at it blankly. Who am I kidding? I can't read another word of this garbage. She groaned, leaning forward onto the heavy book and covering her face with all her hands. Oh, sorry, with all hands. her hands. Every, <laughs> all me, 18 of them. <laughs> In the warm darkness of her fingers, she felt a small sense of relief. But it was small, and she knew that when she opened her eyes and took away her hands, the words would be there again. And not only that, but in a short time, she would have to do a gathering of her peers. Oh, we all hate group projects. Where the whole thing would start all over again. More memorizing, debating, theorizing, discussing. She abruptly slammed the book shut and looked over at the haphazard pile of books beside her bed. Without thinking, she reached over and grabbed the book on top of the pile. Blindly, she opened the book to the middle, rolled over onto her bed, and pulled the covers over herself with bothering to take off her slippers. <laughs> <laughs> with bothering, yes. She started to read, her mind relaxing into the smooth rhythm of the words on the page. Because there's nothing like, when you're tired of reading and you can't read another word, there's nothing like re doing more reading. The words on the page, which are rhythmic. Our ancestors built this place. We call them gods. They created this world for their children, for them to live and to thrive and to grow. After creating this world, they had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and return to the place they had come from Goodbye, they kids. promised their children <laughs> i have to go <clears throat> they promised their children that they would return one day instructing them to look in the south where the best barbecues at <laughs> naira was lying on her this is a transition by the way to a dream really because it looks like it's still the text from the book. yeah it does it's, like, ooh, I'm reading it's still italicized i <laughs> Naira was lying on her back, staring up at an unbearably bright sun. She blinked, covering her eyes with a hand that she found lying around. Just severed hand. <laughs> Here's a hand. And just sitting up. There. At seeing her surroundings, her heart froze. <clears throat> it was an alien planet. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> She'd never been or seen any place like it before, not even in books. All around her was a dry red and tan landscape. Bunches of gray-green plants and some small spindly trees sprouted in the shade of huge rock formations of reddish stone set in tightly packed sand. The sky was pale greenish blue color, a pale greenish blue color unlike the deep wet blue of her home. There wasn't a cloud in the sky and the sun was impossibly bright. A shadow appeared, the silhouette of a person obscuring the sun. Naira removed her hand but found herself unable to recognize the face. The silhouette spoke. Are you coming? <laughs> Naira blinked, startled. I don't know, she said uncertainly. The silhouette nodded. I'll be waiting, it said. Naira opened her eyes. The book was flopped over the edge of the bed, her hand dangling after it. She got up, rubbing her eyes, and looked out the window. Her eyes widened, and she swore under her breath as she threw the covers off. 
hurriedly pulled on pulled off her slippers i thought she already did and pulled on her boots and rushed out the door so this is the um the first it's only actually five pages so that's not not too long um i'll just point out um i still don't know what she does or why yeah that was i thought again i one of my I hate exposition, which you wouldn't know from the big fat dump of exposition I did a few pages back. And so I just thought, eh, I'll just talk about her day and you'll pick it up from context clues. And the, yeah, the thing, I didn't actually pick it up from context. Sitting here five pages in, I'm like, she's, she's going to go to another meeting? So this is a story about how there's this girl and she goes to talk to this guy who makes her feel bad about herself and then she goes to sleep and she has dreams i also had a problem at the time with build-up i was terrified of actually making getting the story going so i would literally just have like four chapters dedicated to the characters going about their daily routine describing the food they ate the the clothes they wore the architecture the thesis advisor who starts off by like putting brass knuckles on And like, you still, uh, by the end of it, the book, which will be probably 2,000 pages, you still don't know what she does for a living. She's like, she's, I'm not quite sure, like, why she's studying. You know, there's there's a funny little analogy in this. Um, I remember when you were younger, you would start thousands of Baldur's Gate characters, but never actually play through to the end. No, I didn't. I... I was, okay, this actually gets, this sounds sad, but it's actually, to me, it's hilarious in hindsight. Um, I liked the clean slate feeling, which is a common kid thing, but I was also terrified of failure. <laughs> so it, That's okay. With the save game system, you never fail. Yeah, but it's hilarious, actually. Um, I didn't start a bunch of different Baldur's Gate characters. I would literally start over with the exact same one. I still remember Wait, what? I didn't know that. I did, yeah. I still remember the exact build. It was he was a fighter, human fighter with the exact same portrait. I still remember that portrait. His name was Zarek and I would just his whole story was that he I would keep making him as a character and I would get as far as meeting up with uh what was it? Z what was the guy's name? the the evil anyway i would get that far and then i'd 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 just quit and then i would start all over again with the exact same character (laughs) so Hmm. it's sort of like i actually this is actually quite profound i guess but Hmm. i was i had i wanted to play the character i just didn't want to play as the character because i i thought i was going to mess it up somehow and i was scared i wouldn't be able to finish it so i just kept it's like a it's like a black mirror situation. I would just keep going back and making the same character over again. <laughs> and and I, I think that might be part of this this phenomenon you're talking about of never getting your story going. Yeah, I really like world building. I I just never got I mean John, I admire twelve year old John for at least like leaping right into the main story. <laughs> sometimes leap into it without any thought of what's going to happen. Kind of have opposite problems, really. You know? <laughs> just like we there's an evil spirit in the forest and, and oh my gosh, now they're training in the arena that they have in their town and 
And now they're on the slopping river. And now they're setting the fields on fire. With ale. With ale. And then the women are clucking in the corner. Oh, tisk tisk, while the men are dancing and gallivanting in the tavern. And there's blood. And you and sit there. And dead you babies. Cry over their bodies. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, I, I thought this might be fun. Um, before we end, uh, we might give a hint of, of what to expect from next week's story. Ooh, yes. So I have here, um, Adzel, we actually lost quite a few chapters because uh, the Internet Archive had broken links. So I was not able to recover all of them, and we wound up skipping a fair amount of content. Um <clears throat> I'll just, we'll give the context next time we get into reading this, but uh, I thought it might be fun to read um, a paragraph or two, maybe just one. Yes, let's do it. Okay. Uh, actually, there's, these paragraphs are massive. Yes, they are. I mean, <laughs> my paragraphs were messed up, but they were pretty concise. They were. Um, let's just go through these first few paragraphs. Missing chapters five and six. Lost to the internet archive broken link. So this is chapter seven. Yes. The next morning drew itself over the city of Lindala like a dark curtain encompassing the space that the sky normally held. <laughs> because that's what happens when the morning That comes. is what happens. The sun could not be seen through the sleeping giants of clouds looming passively overhead, ever threatening to let loose their loads if a we can all relate don't, to that. Dump on us, class. <laughs> don't, don't wake them up, guys. <laughs> that was such an unfortunate analogy. cobblestones of the street were slick with the previous night's rain and were frozen over from the morning cold and there on the corner of a small and rather slummy looking street stood a large flamboyant building bedecked with red painted stone and gold paned windows through which cream curtains shielded the occupants from the eyes of passers-by marble pillars framed a beautifully carved double door with shiny brass knockers <laughs> the gold lettered sign above the pillared archway read Medridids Folly Inn. How many D's are in there? That is four D's. And it's three. Oh gosh, John, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> the consonant to vowel ratio of that word, you have three vowels and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It ends with two D's. The entire building contrasted sharply with the dull, sodden wood buildings that lay all around, their paint peeling and windows dirty. One had to wonder. How such a fine establishment maintained itself in such a poor sector of town. Gentrification. <laughs> Though after a minute or two inside, it became quite apparent that this was achieved through the generosity of the many rich noblemen and merchants who took advantage of its shady location to engage in black market, slave trade, and other illegal business away from the prying eyes of the authorities. Wait, so wait, how is that away from the prying eyes if it's in the most gaudy, visible yeah. building? <laughs> That's the way to do it. It kind of reminds me with the whole black market idea, though. I just imagine like a farmer's market, but with like the black canopies instead of the regular blue ones, and they're selling like <laughs> nuclear weapons. I like to think of it as like a like a like a like a storefront. Like yeah. Actually, like 
you have automatic doors and everything it's like a friendly little grandma instead of selling her vegetables she's selling um ak-47 ak-47 and weed hey there come get your drugs come your get your drugs <laughs> right here yeah it says the old woman drug dealer character <laughs> have some of my cookies it's I actually my cookies they have drugs in them it's actually racial and radiation. guns yes and then the person next to them is selling, like, radium. <laughs> you put them together and you can make a radium rifle from the Fallout series. <laughs> That's how it works. Trying to shove an entire nuclear silo into the back of your truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to have to do this in installments, I'm afraid, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's the police. Oh, no. Back up the tables. The band has to stop. No, knock over the tables. We're going to sand this one out. Pull out the radium rifles. Can't get out the tanks. Before we go too far down this dark path. Uh yeah, uh, thank every thanks to all thank all you to listen for what we've done and um yeah, we'll resume the, the tales of tales next time. Yes, and it'll be amazing. And it will be beautiful and wonderful. Mm-hmm. I plan to have a two-hour preparation ritual ahead of time. <laughs> so may you all wrap yourselves up in the specially treated cloth of your preferred fantasy fiction and stuff. And we'll see you all at another time.